Chapter Twenty One of Fern's Hollow. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fern's Hollow by Hesba Stretton. Chapter Twenty One Forgiveness. Bess Thompson started off on her way to her desolate home almost heartbroken and with such a wrathful resentment against stephen and martha and tim as seemed to blot out all memory of the lessons she had been learning from miss anne since the little child's death she could never bear to go near them or speak to them again since they had sworn against her father and had not he been good to them when stephen was ill often sparing her to watch with martha as well as helping to make up his wages if this was their religion she did not care to have it for nobody else in botfield would have done the same now she might as well give up all thoughts of getting to heaven where little nan and her baby sister were for there would be nobody to care for her and she would be obliged to go back to all her old ways these were her bitter thoughts as she walked homewards alone for stephen was gone up to the doctor's house to inquire after the master and miss anne and the others were waiting for him in longville she heard their voices after a while coming along the turnpike road and walking quickly as if to overtake her so she turned aside into a field and hid herself under a hedge that they might pass by she crouched down low upon the grass and covered her red and smarting eyes from the sunshine with her shawl and then she listened for their footsteps to die away in the distance but she felt an arm stealing round her and martha's voice whispered close in her ear bess dear bess thee must not hide thyself from us we love thee bess and we are sore sorry for thee stephen is ever so downhearted about thee and thy father oh bess thee must have no spite at us bess said stephen thy father owned i was telling the truth and said he forgave me for speaking again him and he shook hands with me afore he went and he said stephen thee be a friend to my poor lass and i gave him a sure promise that i would nobody'll ever look at me now cried bess nobody'll be friends with me if father's transported we're thy friends answered stephen and thee has a father in heaven that cares for thee listen bess it will do thee good and poor old grandfather no harm now he was transported beyond the seas once and no one casts it up to him now nor to us and haven't we got friends cheer up bess miss anne says maybe this very trouble will bring thy father to repentance he said he'd repent some time and maybe this will be the very time for him and miss anne sends her kind love to thee and thy mother and she'll come and see thy mother as soon as she can leave the master thus comforted poor sorrowful bess rose from the ground and walked on with them to botfield most of the house doors were open and the women were standing at them in order to waylay them with inquisitive questions but stephen's grave and steady face and the presence of bess who walked close beside him as if there was shelter and protection there kept them silent 
and they were compelled to satisfy their curiosity with second-hand reports martha went on with bess to her own cottage to stay all night with her and help her to console her broken-hearted mother though martha was truly sorry for black thompson's family she felt her importance as one of the chief witnesses against him especially as the cinder hill cabin was visited not only by the gossips of botfield but by more distinguished persons from all the farmhouses around and her thrilling narrative of her hazardous journey through botfield along the high road was listened to with greedy interest in this foolish talking she lost that true sympathy which she ought to have felt for poor bess and forfeited the blessing which would have been given to her own soul but it was very different with stephen in his lonely work upon the mountains there he thought over the crimes and punishment of black thompson until his heart was filled with an unutterable pity and fellow-feeling both towards him and his family and every night as he went home from his labour he turned aside to the cottage to read to bess and her mother some portion of the scriptures which he had chosen for their comfort out of a pocket bible given to him by miss anne about a fortnight after these events stephen received a visitor upon the uplands where he was seeking a lamb that had strayed into a dwarf forest of gorse bushes and was bleating piteously in its bewilderment a pleasant sounding voice called stephen fern and when he got free from the entangling thorns with the rescued lamb in his arms who should be waiting for him but the lord of the manor himself stephen knew his face again in an instant and dropped the lamb that he might take off his old cap while the gentleman smiled at him with a hearty smile i am danesford of danesford he said gaily and i believe you are stephen fern of fern's hollow i've brought you a message my boy can you guess what young lady has sent me over the hills after you miss anne answered stephen promptly no there are other young ladies in the world beside miss anne replied mr danesford have you forgotten miss lockwood she has not forgotten you and we are come home ready to give battle to your enemies and reinstate you in all your rights she gives mr lockwood and me no rest until we've got ferns hollow and everything else for you again sir said stephen and his eyes filled with tears nobody can give me back little nan no answered mr danesford gravely i know how hardly you've been dealt with my boy tell me truly is your religion strong enough to enable you to forgive mr wiley indeed is it possible that you can forgive him from your heart stephen was silent looking down at the heath upon which his feet were pressed but seeing none of its purple blossoms it was a question that must not be answered rashly for even that morning he had glanced down the fatal shaft with a deep yearning after little nan and as he passed the ruins of his master's house his memory had recalled the destruction of the old hut with something of a feeling of triumph sir he said looking up to him i'm afraid i can't explain myself you know it was for my sake that the lord jesus was killed yet his father has forgiven me all my sins and when i think of that i can forgive the master even for little nan's death with all my heart 
but i don't always remember it and then i feel a little glad at the fire i haven't got much religion yet i don't know everything that's in the bible yet i could learn some lessons from you stephen said mr danesford after a pause what do you suppose i should do if anybody tried to take danesford hall from me i don't know sir answered stephen nor do i he said smiling at any rate they should not have it with my consent nor shall anybody take fern's hollow from you i have been down to longville about it but mr wyley is too ill to see me by the way i told miss anne i was coming up the hills after you she wants to see you stephen as soon as possible after your work is done mr danesford rode on over the hills and stephen walked some way beside him to put him into the nearest path for danesford after he was gone he watched earnestly for the evening shadows and when they stretched far away across the plains he hastened down to the cabin and then on to longville to his appointed interview with miss anne End of chapter twenty one